We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shills of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living right here on WAVA every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services. All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Jesus was with a crowd of people one day, and there was a religious uh, teacher of the law who came to him. And this man asked Jesus a question. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? I think all of us would agree. It's a good question, right? How do I know that I'm going to heaven when I die? How can I make sure that my soul is secure? What do I need to do to to inherit eternal life? And Jesus does something interesting. He throws the question right back to the man. He says, well, what does the law say? You're an expert in the law. What does the law teach? And then this man began to quote from what's known as the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, hey, you got it right. Yeah, you understand that, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Love your neighbor as yourself. You've done well. You got the right answer. And then the religious teacher of the law did something interesting. He throws a question back at Jesus again. So it says back and forth between the religious lawyer and Jesus. Let me pick up the story now in Luke chapter 10, verse 29. Let's see the the response of the lawyer to Jesus' words to him that he had gotten it right. Love your Lord, the Lord your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. The man wanted to justify his actions. I'm reading, by the way, from the New Living Translation. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So you got the picture here? How do I get saved? What does the law say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's great, awesome. Who's my neighbor? I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself. Who is my neighbor? And then Jesus says, he's going to now tell him a story. Verse 30, Jesus replied with an illustration or with a story, with a parable. He says, I want to tell you a story. You ask me who, the na- who your neighbor is. Let me give you a story to help you understand who your neighbor is. Jesus replied with an illustration. A Jewish man was traveling on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. Let me stop there just for a moment. The trip from Jerusalem to Jericho is about 17 miles. It's interesting, an interesting journey because from Jerusalem, there's a high point in Jerusalem. It's sitting in a mountainous area. Jericho's down towards sea level. The Dead Sea is nearby, below sea level. And so you're going very rapidly descending down to the Dead Sea from Jerusalem. It was a very precarious journey. Many people were attacked along the way. 
A lot of robbers that would hang out in the various areas along that way and take advantage of people on this precarious journey. So here's a Jewish man that was traveling. He was on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was attacked by bandits, the Bible says. They stripped him of his clothes and money, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a Jewish priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed over, crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. So here's the priest that comes along in the story. He sees the man. He goes to the other side. Pass by is a key phrase. He passed him by. And then a temple assistant also known as a Levite. He was not a priest, but he served in the temple area. He was a man that should have known better. A temple assistant walked over and looked at at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt deep pity. Kneeling beside him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with medicine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two pieces of silver and told him to take care of the man. If his bill runs higher than that, he said, I will pay the difference the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? So Jesus is saying, I told you the story because you asked me who your neighbor is. So which of these three would you say would be the neighbor? Jesus asked him. The man replied, verse 37, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, read together with me, yes, now go and do the same. It's a story that you know well, the story of the good Samaritan. This is a story about how to be a good neighbor. As soon as I mention the word neighbor, most of us think of our neighborhood. We think about someone who lives beside us to our right or left, in front of us, behind us. If you're in an apartment, it might be the person that's above you or below you or the apartment to your right or left. But you think of your neighbors in terms of those in close proximity to you. But what Jesus was teaching was that this idea, this concept of caring about your neighbor goes far beyond the people that live close by you the people that God will bring into your world for the sake of you being willing to assist and help them. There are a lot of neighbors out there that we all have that we don't recognize along our journey. And Jesus says, I want to teach you what it means to actually be the kind of neighbor that brings pleasure to God and that loves our neighbor as ourself. The first quality that we see in this Good Samaritan and that we need to develop in our lives is to understand that good neighbors step up when other people step away. What does God want you to be and do with your life? Think about that just for a moment. What does God want you to be? What does God want you to do? I'm going to actually answer that question for you. It's very simple, actually. God wants you to be blessed. Did you know that? God wants every one of you to be blessed. He has a desire to bless you. That's why Jesus came. He came so that we could have relationship with the God of blessing. And God wants you to be blessed. That's his plan for your life. That's the reason you have access to God, relationship with God through Jesus and by His precious blood shed for us. But He wants you to do something with that blessing. We're not just to be blessed. We're also to be blessed for the purpose of being a blessing to other people. It goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, we see Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and they were, they were blessed because they had the tree of life, and God would come down in and the, and the cool of the evening and walk and talk with them. They had the blessing of access with God, and blessing was to be a part of their life. We see it with Abraham when God called him out of Ur of the Chaldees and said, I'm going to make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and you will be a 
blessing. So God's will for your life is that you would be blessed and that you would be blessed so that you can actually be a blessing to other people. And being a blessing means this. It means that you become the kind of person that steps up and steps into needs when other people step away from needs. Because if you have resources to bless, then God expects us and calls us to step into situations that other people would step away from. In this story, we see a man lying by the roadside. Jesus said there was a guy on the way from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's beaten up by bandits. He left basically there dead. He's bleeding. He's dying. And first of all, comes along a priest, a Jewish priest. He goes to the other side. The Levite at least walked over and looked at him, but then he walked away. But a Samaritan came and did what the first two were not willing to do. Two stepped away. One stepped toward. And if you and I are going to be blessings, we're going to be a good neighbor to people, we have to be willing to step into situations to be blessings through our words and blessings through our actions and blessings through our attitudes, blessings in the way that we approach other people, blessings in the opportunity that God will give us along our journey to step toward need instead of stepping away from need. Can I ask you, what is your natural inclination? Is your natural inclination to step away from needs or is your natural inclination to step toward needs. A good neighbor will step toward needs. There's a second lesson we learn. What does it mean to be a good neighbor? A good neighbor will sacrifice comfort and convenience for the sake of other people. We see in the story that this good Samaritan had to sacrifice something. We'll talk more about that in just a bit. But we must understand that being a good neighbor requires letting go at times of our own comfort and letting go at times of our own convenience. The story starts, as I mentioned a moment ago, with the man asking the question, how how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God, though your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Or the man said, what what does the law say? The the, the, the religious leader said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus said, hey, you got it right. He commended him for his answer, but this wasn't the end of the matter because Jesus knew what was in the man's heart. And the man's heart came, came out in his next question. Look at how the Living Bible poses this question that the man, the religious leader, gives back to Jesus. Verse 29, the man wanted to justify his lack of love for some kinds of people, so he asked which neighbors. The scripture is teaching us that this man really didn't want to love his neighbor. He knew the right answer theologically, but he did not want to practice it in his life. You know that we we can say very easily what we believe, but your beliefs are really proven by your actions, are they not? This man wants to enter into a religious argument. Which neighbor? Who is my neighbor? He's a lawyer. He's looking for a loophole. Okay. He's looking for a way to say, you know, there's some people I, I can love and some people I don't have to love. There's some people I can qualify as a neighbor and some people that I can write off and say, nope, they're not my neighbor. So Jesus dives right in. And this man that was trying to find a loophole in the system, and he's addressing the issue that if you're going to have this commitment to people. It's being a good neighbor involves sacrificing comfort and convenience, not just for the people that you like and not just for the people that you're comfortable doing so with, but sometimes you're going to be stretched in the process of caring for people. One of the most important things that you'll learn in your journey with God that we continue to learn, I have to continue to learn this as well. You never grow without being stretched. Did you know that? And any time you're being stretched, it always hurts, okay? It always requires something of you. 
It doesn't feel good to be stretched. And in this situation, the priest didn't want to be stretched by the, by the need. And the Levite didn't want to be stretched by the need. But the Good Samaritan was willing to sacrifice his comfort and his convenience to address the need. You will never grow without being stretched. Here's the beautiful truth, though. Once you're stretched, you'll never be the same size again. Okay? Once you're stretched, God always is making you bigger with your life. So we learn that good neighbors, good neighbors are willing to sacrifice at times their comfort and their convenience for the sake of helping someone else. The third lesson that we learn is that good neighbors break barriers and they build bridges. You know, a lot of people spend their entire life living behind barriers. They live behind emotional barriers. They live behind relational barriers. Oftentimes they've built these barriers out of painful experiences in their life. They've gone through hurt and rejection, and so little by little they build up this, this callousness, this wall around them, and so they stop reaching out to people because I don't want to be hurt again. That's the excuse they use. I don't want to be hurt again. I've tried to help people in the past, and it always seems to come back on me in some way, and so I'm going to build this wall around me, and I'm only going to reach out to certain people that are safe to reach out to. And Jesus is teaching us the fact that if we're going to be good neighbors, we have to break some barriers at times that we have set up in our life. Those barriers come in many different forms. These are barriers of our own self-protection, as I mentioned. Sometimes they're barriers of just our own priorities. Sometimes we put people as though they're kind of lower on the, on the strata of, 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 of really importance. And so other things are more important than the needs of people. And so we're busy living our life. We're busy doing our thing. We're busy making money, making a living, doing what we want to do. And so other people are not just, just not that important. So our priorities become misplaced. Sometimes it's our pride. It can be a variety of things. It can be fear that cause you to, will cause you to build a barrier in your life. But these barriers have to be broken if we're going to be connected to people in a helping way. Not only do we have to build barriers, but we also have to build bridges. And there are a lot of people that are really good at blowing bridges up. They're not very good at building them. And I want you to see something in the story that is really the heart of this story. Listen closely here. Because Jesus very specifically identifies a Jew and a Samaritan. This is for a reason. He did not have to insert the Jewish priest and Levite and the Samaritan and the hurting man into the story. He could have just talked about people. But he introduced the Jew and the Samaritan. Why? I don't have time this morning to talk to you about all the, the animosity that existed between the Jews and the Samaritans. It goes, goes back in history a long way. But they hated each other. A Jew would not be caught dead, dead in the house of a Samaritan, talking to a Samaritan, interacting with a Samaritan. We see this later on in the ministry of Jesus as he's trying to minister to a, a lady, a Samaritan woman at the well that you see in John chapter 4. It was this animosity, Jew to Samaritan, Samaritan to Jew. Even if you were Jewish living in the lower portion of Israel, down around Jerusalem, and you wanted to go into the north, into Galilee, you would by nature not even go through Samaria. You would find a way around. You would take a longer journey so that you did not even put your foot on Samaritan soil because Samaria was in between the lower portion of Israel and the upper portion of the Galilee. So you avoided Samaria. But here we see in this story when the Jewish men walked away. The Samaritan man walked toward. When they stepped away, he stepped toward the person. And we see in the story the fact that this man was willing to break down some barriers and to build bridges that other people were not willing to build. You know there are people in your world right now 
that they're waiting. God is waiting for you to help them. They've been assigned to you. You're the person that can help and bless them in their life. But to be able to bless them many times is going to cost you your comfort and your convenience. But it's also going to require you to break through some barriers in your life that have held you back for such a long time. And you're going to have to start building some bridges toward that person so that in, in doing so, you are making connections so that healing can happen. Had this Samaritan not walked over to the man, the healing would have never occurred. And bridges are built and barriers are broken intentionally. They're broken incrementally. You have to do the work over time. There's a person in my life right now that I'm building a relationship with. Out of another situation that I'm in, he doesn't know I'm a pastor right now. Thank God. He doesn't know I'm a pastor, okay? I haven't told him I'm a pastor. He doesn't know I'm a pastor. I don't want him to know I'm a pastor because everybody gets weird when they know you're a pastor, okay? It's really weird, okay? So it's like I've had people almost burn their pants off because they're smoking a cigarette. They find I'm a pastor. They stuff it in their pocket like smoke's coming out of their pocket. It's like I... Go ahead and take the cigarette. I saw it. It's okay. It's not going to send you to hell. You might get to heaven faster, but you're not going to go to hell. Okay, okay, okay. Please don't burn yourself up, okay? But people do really weird things when they know you're, you're a pastor, so he doesn't know I'm a pastor. But what I'm doing is little by little, every time I have the opportunity to be around him, I'll spend a little time with him. I'll spend about 20 or 30 minutes with him this week and just talking about things he wants to talk about. You know why? Because I'm building a bridge. I'm building a bridge. I'm praying that one day the conversation will allow me to bring Jesus into that conversation, to let him know, not that I'm a pastor, but let him know that Jesus loves him, that Jesus cares about him, that Jesus has a purpose for his life. I'm not in his life by accident. I'm a messenger of the good news for him. And all of us are messengers of the good news. But you can't share the good news with other people if you're living behind a barrier. If you're living behind your fear, if you're living behind your insecurity, if you're living behind your pain, you can't be that person to someone else. You'll never be effective in sharing God's love like he wants you to share it as long as you're blowing bridges up instead of building bridges with other people. And you and I have to make the choice. I'm going to build bridges to the people around me. Even people, are you ready for this? Even people I don't like. Even for that guy in the office you can't stand, okay? Or that person in the apartment above you who plays his music so loud, okay? Or even in the person across the street from you that has that terrible dog that barks at midnight all the time, okay? And we all have people in our world that are difficult people to love, that are easy to say, you know, I'm not going to step in that direction. We're not the same. But God says, no, I didn't ask you if you were the same. I ask you, are you willing to break a barrier? And are you willing to build a bridge toward that person? And dear ones, let me tell you something. This week you have a wonderful opportunity to build a bridge. Did you know that? You know someone that needs to be in one of these seats this weekend for the Easter presentation. They're in your life right now. It might be a family member. It might be someone at work. It might be someone in your neighborhood. It might be that guy above you who plays his music too loud. It could be someone in your world. If you'll pray, God will show you. And when you bring them to church, you're building a bridge. You're saying, I want to introduce you to the God that I know. And it doesn't have to be heavy-handed or harsh or in any way condemning. It's just, I want you to come to church with me. I want you to see this wonderful presentation. And I'll even pick you up. And I'll take you to dinner afterwards or whatever it might be. But you build a bridge. That's the only way people come to know Christ. You know that you're a Christian today because somebody built a bridge to you? 
you would have never been a believer in Christ had someone not built a bridge to you, brought you to church or shared the gospel with you or, or a mom that prayed for you or a grandmother that prayed for you, but somebody went to the mat for you in the journey and you're here today because of that very fact. So good neighbors build bridges. They don't destroy them. They break barriers. Number four, here's our fourth thing today. What do we learn about neighbors? Good neighbors, as Jesus defines it, help and heal other people. You're a blessing to people when you're able to help them and heal them in some way. Let me see if I can describe this for you. It's not enough to be nice to someone. That's not just being a good neighbor, but according to Jesus, being a good neighbor goes beyond just being nice to them. Being a good neighbor means bringing some healing and help to their world. See, when I am sick, I want a doctor who's nice, but I prefer a doctor who's nice and has skill. Would you agree with me? Okay. A few years ago, I had a condition that I was dealing with. It wasn't serious, so nobody needs to worry about that, but it was just annoying, an annoying condition that I I needed some medical help with. And so I went to a lot of different doctors. Several trying to find a solution for the situation I was dealing with. And I went to a lot of really nice doctors. I really liked them. Nice, nice, nice. But they couldn't help me. They never found out the situation or gave me a solution or diagnosed it well or brought about the medication that would bring the cure. They could not, they, they tried, but they, they didn't have the understanding. They were doing their best. But then I received a referral to one particular medical doctor and, and I went to this person and he was nice, but he looked at me in about 10 minutes. He said, I know exactly what's going on with you. Here's the medication you need. And in a week I was well. Okay. Why? Because he was not only nice, he knew what he was doing. Okay. And sometimes we can be nice, but being nice isn't enough. People need you to be nice, but they also need you to know what you're doing when you help them. Because when you're trying to reach out to someone, you need some skill in the journey. And that's exactly what we see in this man. He was a man who had the right skills. Look at the message paraphrase here in verses 33 and 34. Luke 10. A Samaritan traveling the road came on him, came on the hurt man. When he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. He gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him on to his donkey and led him to an inn and made him comfortable. This man didn't just have the right desire. He had the right skills. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. 
The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word and make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shills of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living right here on WAVA every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services. All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org.